Welcome back to the Suitors Podcast. In the previous episode, we heard how Guru Hargobin had ordered the construction of the Akaltakat and how, in consultation with Baba Buddhaji, they picked out a day with the help of an astrologer for July 15th to ascend to the throne of the Akaltakat for the first time. So now, chapter 43 starts off mentioning how all the Sikhs were eagerly awaiting this day for Guru Hargobin to sit on the throne. The Hukumnamas, the proclamations, had been sent out across the subcontinent, and thousands of Sikhs now were flooding into Amritsar, setting up their tents in the city. They would then bathe in the sacred pool of Amritsar, and then would listen to Kirtan. The day of July 15th, Guru Hargobind woke up early, before sunrise. He bathed, then he sat and focused his mind on the true self, placing his attention on the true essence of the divine, that which is eternal, which is pure consciousness, and which is the very form of bliss. He spent a few hours in this enjoyment before the sun rose. And when it rose, he got dressed. He adorned a jama, a Persian tunic, with many pleats. It was a royal dress. On his head, he tied a beautiful dastar, a turban. He decorated it with a jiga, a jiga being jewelry ornament, which circles around the dastar. On the front, it has kind of a plume shape, made out of gemstone. He also placed a kalgi, a plume, on top. So this kalgi is made out of feathers. He placed it on his dastar. And at the base of the plume, it had a bushel of beautiful large pearls. And around his ears, he wore large earrings, which dangled and swayed beautifully. Around his neck, he wore a pearl necklace, which was interlaced with emerald gems and gorgeous diamonds. Around his arms, where his biceps were, he wore talismans of gems, nine gems in fact, which were traditionally associated with the nine celestial bodies like the moon, the sun, etc. And the gems looked so exquisite that it was as if these nine celestial bodies were on the Guru's arm, awaiting to be blessed to serve the Guru. And on his wrist, he wore gold bracelets, gold kare, which were embedded with diamonds. On his hand, he had large rings as well. So every limb of the Guru's body was decked out in jewelry, and he was wearing the finest of clothes. Six then went out <coughs> to the congregations, to the tents, and they started yelling to them, saying that, okay, come now, have the darshan, have the sight of the Guru. Men, women, everyone, they should come to the gate of Haramandar Sahib. And listening to this, the six then were hella excited. They all got ready. They all put on new clothing, you know, expensive, the finest clothing that they had. And they also decked themselves out in jewelry. So then they arrived at that spot, spot the Darshan Diori, the gate in front of Harmanda Sahib, waiting for the Guru. At that point, Guru Hargobind was walking out of his residence with Baba Buddha Ji and Pai Gurdas on his right and on his left side. When Guru Hargobind got to the Darshan Diori, he bowed down his head at the Harmandir Sahib. He walked down and into the Harmandir Sahib and bowed down there. He did a Parkarma, he circled around Harmandir Sahib before coming back to the spot of the Akal Thakat, which is also known as the Akal Bunga as well. So at that moment, he asked the Sikh to go bring the weapons that he had made, the ones with expensive gold work on the handles. So a Sikh then ran to the armory. He, so when he ran back with a bunch of weapons. He placed all these weapons in front of Guru Hargobind, who looked at them, and then he started to adorn 
these weapons on his body. He stood up, he first did Ardas, he did a prayer, taking the names of the first five gurus, asking for their support. Then he grabbed two very beautiful swords. Placing them in shoulder straps, he wore these crisscross on his body. He then grabbed a quiver full of vicious bows, sorry, arrows, and he fastened this quiver along his waist sash. He then picked up a very heavy bow and adorning all these weapons, Guru Hargaman looked so glorious, it was as if he was Ram Chandra himself. Then as he was all ready, he bowed down in front of the Akal Tagat after doing the Sardas, and then he ascended to the throne, which he sat on in Birasan. Birasan being the posture of a warrior, so not to be confused with the Virasan of, of yoga, in contemporary yoga, but Birasan in this context is when you're sitting down and, and you're not cross-legged, but you have one knee, one leg pointed upwards. So everyone was there, including Baba Buddhaji, Pai Gurdas, all the sons, the community leaders. They were looking at this in shock. They clasped their hands together and they all asked collectively there. They said, we've seen before in our time warriors who have adorned one sword, but you've adorned two swords. Can you explain why you've done this? Guru Hargobind then fiercely replied to them, I've worn two because one represents the sovereignty over all sovereigns, Miran Kimiri, and the second represents the pinnacle of spirituality over all other paths, Piran Kipiri. We've now adopted both the Miri and the Piri, the temporal power, the wealth, authority, along with the spiritual. Those who come into our sanctuary will be saved, otherwise, all others will be destroyed. Listening to these unwavering, strong words of Guru Hargobind, all the six were then overjoyed. They were imbued with a new sense of faith. Sitting on the throne, Guru Hargobind looked so glorious, like the King of Heaven sitting in his court, or just like Ramchandra sitting amongst all the spiritual holy men, or like Krishna sitting amongst his family. Everyone looking upon Guru Hargobind was just entranced. They were sitting there, singing his praises. There were two Sikhs waving whisks on each side of Guru Hargobind. And the whisks were all white and they looked like two beautiful swans who would fly close to the Guru's head and then fly back. It was as if they were like two swans coming, jumping down to eat the pearl from Guru Hargobind's galgi and then would at the last moment shy away and then jump back up. Then Guru Hargobin requested that the Sikhs come forward, whoever had brought donations to place them in front of him. A great lineup occurred and then Baba Buddhaji got ready to anoint officially in front of the entire congregation Guru Hargobin as the next Guru. So just as a note here that many episodes back we heard just before Guru Arjun left for Lahore late at night he had called Baba Buddhaji and Pai Gurdas. They had performed the ceremony in secret. Guru Arjan told Baba Buddhaji that when it's appropriate, after he had passed away, that he should do this ceremony again in front of all the Sikh congregation so that they see that the ceremony has been done. So they all recognize Guru Hargobin as the Guru. So that's what's happening here. So Baba Buddhaji grinds some sandalwood and some saffron then he applies this as a, as a paste, as a tilak, 
on Guru Hargobind's forehead. He then placed in front of the Guru a large offering before bowing down. Then all the sons, the community leaders, they lined up and they began placing in front of the Guru their offerings and then bowing down. All the Sikh congregations from across the subcontinent then did the same. They had brought fine clothes, jewelry, and vast amounts of weapons, which were really expensive. They had all sorts of weapons from swords, shields, different type of rifles, very agile and fine horses, punch daggers, katars, khanda swords, khanjur daggers, tomar and song, spears. Such beautiful weapons that any warrior would look upon them and smile with happiness. There was a great heap of weapons now that were placed in front of Guru Hargobind. And the horses then were taken to the stables that were created. Guru Hargobind then was sifting through this great heap of weapons. He was picking them up one at a time and feeling their balance, seeing how sharp they were, testing them out. He would then look at all the horses with keen interest as well. He wouldn't look at or count any of the money that he had in front of him. He had no interest in that. He was only happy in looking at the weapons and the horses. And Guru Hargobind spent six hours doing this, from sunrise till about noonish, looking at the weapons and the horses and greeting the six who had come from afar. There were all sorts of singers there as well, singing praise of Guru Hargobind, while the six were donating these goods. Whenever Guru Hargobind saw a really nice weapon, he called over the six who had brought it and blessed them, saying that you'll be forever be in bliss for such a wonderful donation. And in seeing this, all the Sikh congregation now understood that if they wanted the blessings of Guru Hargobind, that they should donate the best weapons and the best horses. And those who didn't bring those, well, they started to regret their decision. So now it was afternoon. Guru Hargobind then mounted a very fine and fast horse. He went to his residence. But before going, he told the Sikhs to take care of the horses, secure them in the newly built stables, make sure that they're well fed with wheat, sugar, butter, and that they should go out and look for vendors who were selling good supplies for horses. He told the sons of community leaders that whoever wanted to come and join the army, that they should be enrolled and placed on salary, and also that they should send out messengers to Maja and Dwaba, two areas of Punjab, to try to recruit young soldiers from those areas. So after saying this, Guru Hargobind then went back to his residence and went to go see his mother, Mata Ganga. And that's where chapter 43 concludes. In the next chapter, we'll hear a conversation between Mata Gangaji and Guru Hargobind. And then we'll hear the daily lifestyle of Guru Hargobind while he's raising his army. So that's where we'll pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the Sudish podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page.